Thank you for joining us for this recent message from Freedom Ministries in Crossit, Arkansas. Connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com and let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Now prepare your heart to hear a word that we pray will bless your life. Angie mentioned a little bit ago, we've been praying on finances for four weeks now, and um, and this week I began to really get to really see that the revelation on what it takes to break through in something. You know, um, and we talk a lot about going up to the next level, you know, and I know sometimes you look at that and you're I'm not real sure what that means. Are we at the next level yet? I'm not real sure of where, where we, how we get there. Um, but I want to I give us a revelation today on what it means to go up from one level to the next level and how we get there. God brings us through levels, and you know, when we're, um, when we're here and we're, and we're blessed and we're doing everything we know how to do, and then that runs out, we got to know how to go up to the next place in God. Amen. In uh, Daniel chapter 10, we find that Daniel was in that position. And I have a lot of scriptures today, so um, that's good, right? We like the word. Amen. Um, In chapter 10, verse 8, he says, Therefore I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I found no and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words. And while I heard the sound of his words, I fell into a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. Now some people, I'm going to stop right there for a second and say some people wonder how come folks fall out up at the altar. And Daniel just said he had an encounter with God and he did, couldn't retain any strength in himself. And he fell on his face before him like he was sleeping. But he heard God while he was there. Amen. He says, suddenly... A hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. And then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, from from the first day you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief angels, came to me, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. And those are those kings of Persia are the spirits over a region. Amen. So there are spirits that operate. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us that in verse 12, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. That's why he called them the kings of the area, the princes of, that, of the area, of the region. Against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. And the New King James says in heavenly places. So when I attempt to go up into a high place with God, there's going to be a resistance against me going from where I'm at, which is a good place, up to the place where I'm in contact and I hear from God. We can come. That's the reason, you know, we, we've had a teaching in our church for a long time that came from uh, Dr. Morris Cirillo that 
we have to go past the point of blessing and into the realm of power. It's real tempting and it's good. You can have good praise and worship. You can have good prayer. And we, and we come and we feel the presence of God. That's why sometimes we're in praise and worship and you're like, man, I, I just want to live here. This is wonderful. And then somebody comes up and messes with it, you know? And we're like, I thought I, I wanted to, I just wanted to stay here all day long. But... You can stay here there, and it's wonderful, and it's blessing, and you can feel a little peace. But what are you going to do when you leave those doors and hell hits you? Did you get something that's enough power in you to walk out those doors and begin to smash down every enemy that would want to come against you? Or did you just get a little bit of peace? Now listen, I love the presence of God. But if I'm going to go out and I'm going to face those principalities in high places, when I want to go and see my family be saved, when I want to go take authority over my finances and see change in my finances, in my job, hallelujah, in ministry and what I'm trying to do for God, when I want to take that up to the next level, a little bit of goosebump and a wonderful, peaceful feeling does not give me the power to overcome the enemy every time he comes against me. Hey. Hallelujah. So when I want to go up a level, I have to understand that I'm going to go through what Ephesians chapter 6 is calling principalities in high places, rulers of wickedness, spirits. I'm going to face an onslaught that is between me here and the high place that I'm attempting to get to. I'm going to have to push through there. That's the reason sometimes it feels a little bit like warfare. That's the reason sometimes I'm sitting here and I'm wonderful, and all of a sudden I feel like, hmm, I should get up and do this. And the spirit, and you know you know, if you've been there, that spirit of fear comes and sits on you to where you can't even hardly keep your knees from shaking the whole time. And it doesn't even make any sense. How many of y'all have ever been so afraid to obey God? And what, when you remove yourself from the situation, you're like, well, that didn't even make sense. What was I afraid of? Because there's a place I'm getting to, and there's a spirit, a spiritual attack that takes place. And that fear comes and sits on me so strong that if I'm not ready for it, I have absolute, I'm, I got to have some help. Some things are such huge breakthroughs that it took Daniel fasting 21 days before an angel of the Lord could even break through that level in between the high place and me to bring a word. And some of us get mad when my one time that I decided to come bow my knee at the altar didn't fix it all the way for me. Well, we got to press through. Amen. Hey, hallelujah, Jesus. That's why sometimes, and we've seen it in church services, that's why sometimes you get to that place and it was good, and you know you got to go somewhere else, and it feels real awkward. And that's why sometimes you're in a place in your life where you don't even know who you are anymore. It's like I've I've gotten far enough away from who I was that I know I'm not that, but I have absolutely no, word, no idea where I'm trying to get to yet, and I know I'm not that yet. And we just are like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Amen? So when we get to a point, but when we press through, that, have you all ever been in uh, one of these services with like Benny Hinn or one of the great people who move, or here? 
the presence of God, it's, it's, you can tell when the presence of God is so thick, it's getting ready to come in, and then all the babies start crying all at once. <laughs> the sound system starts acting up. You start getting real fidgety. You ever just been fidgety? I don't even know why I'm fidgety. Get fidgety. You're, or get afraid. <laughs> That's where we go past that point of blessing. I've been blessed and it's just wonderful. And, it's, and we go into the realm of power. There's a realm beyond that. That's why in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, we're going to read, uh, skip around a few verses. In verse 18 it says, I thank my God, Paul said this, that I speak in tongues more than all of you. And then in verse 22 he says, Wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serves not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. But if all, verse 24 now, but if all prophesy and there come in one that believes not or one unlearned, he is convinced of all. He is judged of all. And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, there it is again. You're going to come up and fall out on his face. He will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. So here's what he said. He said, I can sit here and speak in tongues all day long, and I can get myself so blessed that I can't even stand myself. But it's better that I enter into the prophetic and just say a little bit. If I can get into that prophetic realm and I can begin to speak what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you, because if somebody's here that needs to hear it, you can understand what the Spirit is saying to you, and you can be changed. It's when we press past that place of, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. When we press past that place, which is wonderful. I love it. I love that place. But when we press past that place, and we can enter into a place where I can hear God and God can minister to your needs. And then a person's life can be changed. I'm not talking about I feel better. I'm not talking about I get goosebumps or even that I fall out. I'm talking about the supernatural connection in the spirit where you were this way when you came in. And something has shifted inside of you and you leave a new creation in Jesus. That doesn't happen when I just stay at a surface level and I just get blessed and I just want to go home. The only thing I have then, I heard somebody telling somebody that, that I love dearly who is, who is in the, and struggling, who has been struggling with addiction. And, I heard, and he said, well, so-and-so came by and they said, you know, you're just going to have to decide whether you want to serve God or not. And you just probably need to say the sinner's prayer with me. And I said, but don't you say the sinner's prayer every day? God, save me. God, help me. Don't you pray it every day. It takes something a little bit more than just, well, you just need to be saved. Bless them. Just bless them, God. It takes a little bit more than that to get down to the root of why are you addicted? Why do you turn to something instead of Jesus? Hey, I have to have something a little bit more than a little goosebump and a good praise and worship song and a wonderful little platitude that I got from my Bible. I have to have power that I have birth on the inside of me through intercession and through prayer and through fasting that when I go out and I can minister to someone I can speak Paul said if I can just say a couple of words in the prophetic then you will be changed the secrets of your heart will be laid bare and you can be set free
Jesus. That's why he didn't say in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you're going to receive some blessings. He didn't say you're going to receive goosebumps. He didn't even say you're going to fall out and you're going to jerk and you're going to laugh and you're going to do all of the wonderful things that we do in the presence of God. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And that power will empower you to become a witness. Hey, that not just about Jesus, that he died and rose again, but you're going to become, uh, you're going to become empowered to produce what Jesus said he was. You're going to produce the proof that God is who he says he is. If God says I'm your deliverer, then my God, I have power inside of me that can produce deliverance. Hey, my God, my God, in the name of Jesus. Hey, Abashanda. God, we need your power today, God. God, we want to press past any other place where we settle, where we camp out just because it was good for us, God, and into the realm of power. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's why he said in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, he said, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and, and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth. And unrighteousness. And then if you skip down, it says, he says, they professed themselves to be wise, but they became fools. And they changed the glory, the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Because that is the nature of us. Because I can't control the glory I can, I can try to control myself, and I can try to make myself be right, and I can try to take the teachings of Jesus, which have power in them. I can try to take the presence of God that does bring blessing all by itself, but I can't control the glory. He said we want to take the glory of God, and we just want to dumb it down a little bit to where it's a little bit more easily accessible to me as a person. I don't have to go through all of this. I don't have to fast and pray 21 days like Daniel. I just want to come up and I want to get a little doodad and I want to go home and call that enough. But it's not enough if I don't walk out of those doors and live in 100% victory 100% of the time. It's not enough. Hey. That scripture that Paul says there in Romans is referencing in Exodus 33. I'm going to read quite a bit if y'all will come with me here. Verse 1, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, out of bondage, to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying to your descendants, I will give it, and I'm going to send my angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanite and the Amorite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you along the way, for you a stiff-necked people. This happened right after Moses had been up on, the, up on the mountain fasting and praying, hearing God for them. He came down, and they had gotten tired of waiting on God. And so they didn't say, here's a different God to serve. They, they did what Paul said in Romans. They reduced the glory of the incorruptible God into something that's a little more easily accessible to me. They said... Oh, we don't know where, what's happened to Moses. We don't know what's happened to God. 
So here is a golden calf. This is the God that brought you out of the land of Egypt. This is our God. This is Jehovah. This is a little more easily accessible than thunder and lightning and a man on a mountain for 40 days. This is a little bit easier to comprehend. So here's your God. He's still your God. He's just a little bit easier to deal with than the real God. And so God said, I'm going to keep my promise to you. I'm still going to bless you. But I'm not going to have my glory among you. He said, he said, I'll still take you into to your promised land, but I'm not going to go with you because I'm going to consume. I will end up killing you if I have to stay with you because you can't handle my glory. And when the people heard this bad news, they mourned. And no one put on their ornaments because God said to tell, told Moses to tell them, say to the children of Israel, you are a stiff necked people. I could come up into your midst in one moment and consume you. Now, therefore, take off your ornaments that I may know what to do with you. God didn't even know it. God had to calm down a minute before he could even figure out what to do with them. <laughs> Moses took his tent and he pitched it outside the camp far from the, far from the camp. He said, I'm taking God away from here and we're going to talk a little bit. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was that whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose and they stood in his own tent door and watched Moses until he had gone. We'd love to watch somebody go after the glory. We love because we get a little blessing off, off the backside of it. They didn't go into the glory, though. They watched Moses. He went out to the tabernacle when all the people arose and each man stood in his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing there at the tabernacle door and all the people rose and worshiped. We like to worship even, but we not. But there's a difference in good worship and the glory. And he would return to his camp, but Moses went in one day and he says to the Lord, See, you said to me, God, bring up this people, but you have not let me know, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, Show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. So Moses began to intercede and he said, God, you promised me some things. You told me I was going into the promised land. You told me that I was taking your people in. Now, now you're telling me these people you don't want to take in. So God, show me how I can find favor in your sight again. Show me how I can have the glory and even if I don't take all these people, just some of these people, show me which ones of these people I can take into the promised land with your glory. I am interested in going into the promised land without your glory. And God said, my presence is going to go with you and I will give you rest. And he said, that's good. I'm paraphrasing here. Because if your presence does not come with me, I'm not leaving this place. I'm not even getting up. Do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that we are your people and we have found grace in your sight except that you go with us? 
So we'll be separate, your people and I, from all the people upon the face of the earth. And God said, okay, I will go. I'll go with your presence. And Moses said, okay, that's good. We can go. Show us the next verse. And he said, I beseech you, please show me your glory. He said, Moses understood what I think we, we miss sometimes. That is, the presence of God is wonderful. The presence of God will drive our enemies out before us. The presence of God will bless us. The presence of God is great. Sister Karen Wheaton, I heard her preaching recently, and she said, we're guaranteed the presence of God if two or three are gathered. I'm there in the midst of you. I'm guaranteed the presence of God. But Moses knew here there's something greater than presence to go after. He said, that's good. Thank you, God. Thank you for your presence. But I need your glory. And God said, I'm going to make my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will, and then he said, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you can't see my face, for no one shall see me and live. And the Lord began to show him where he was going to take him and cover him so that he could see his glory. So if we look at this course of events, God said, you're stiff-necked, take off your ornaments. You have to strip yourself. Strip yourself of anything that looks like you all right. Moses received the instruction, go on without me. You can have your blessing, you'll be blessed. I'm going to drive out your enemies, I'll keep my word, but I'm not going with you. That was the second thing that happened. Third, Moses put God's word in his mouth. He said, but God, you said, this is what your promise was to me, God. I'm going to know you by name. You said, I found grace. Where is that now? How am I going to continue? What is your way to continue, God? It's great that you want to bless me. Some of us are happy with just a blessing. I don't know. Some of us are happy there, I guess. But some of us want God. Hey, he said, he said, that's good. He said, but I want to know how can I continue? I don't even care if you bless me. I don't even care what you do from God. But if I can have, if I can continue in your glory, tell me what I need to do to have that. And God said, okay, my presence is going to go with you. Moses said, "Mm -mm. your presence can go with us. That's good. But I have to have the glory. He says, it's not enough. I've got to have the glory. And God restores his relationship. He renews his covenant. He gives him the new tablets. He sets his glory over the, over the congregation. But they couldn't continue being, if you read all through Exodus 34, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Exodus 34, 9, he says, Then he said, If now I have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go among us, even though we are a stiff-necked people. And pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us back to you as your inheritance, God. Take us, God, we've been stiff necked. We've been rebellious. We've been stubborn. We have not done what it takes to have the glory in our midst, God. We've settled for a little bit of presence and a little bit of blessing, God. But if you'll take us back, take us back as your inheritance. I don't need the lamb flowing with milk and honey. I don't need the blessing. God, if I can have your glory, that's worth anything else, God, that I have to give up. Glory was the covenant. 
He, and he says, I'm going to do mar because you ask it of me. Verse 10. He says, because you ask it of me, I'm going to do marvels that have not ever been done in the earth. My pr- God's presence is a given. So why do we keep pressing in? Why do we want more? Because a little blessing may come with the presence. A little rest from my trouble. A little bit of feeling better. The emotion. The realm of the blessed feeling. But it doesn't set me free. It doesn't work the works of God that truly set us free. We can have blessing in his presence. But some of us need more than that. Some of us aren't satisfied with that. Some of us cannot fight off the demons that come against us and wage war against us every day. When we walk out of these doors with just a little bit of presence, we have to have something that is pressed through a little bit of emotion and a little bit of feeling good. Or we're going to hell and we know it. The glory required something of them. Here's all the things God required of them. He says, you can never again bow your knee to another God. Money, drugs, sex, witchcraft, astrology. He named them all. You can never bow your knee to another God. You cannot even once camp out at the blessing that you've already experienced. Not one time you cannot set a camp at just what I've already done for you and be happy with that. If you're not pressing forward with me, you do not get the glory. Hey, he says you have to honor me above all other things and all other people. You cannot appear before me empty handed. Jesus, he says, and this is how it all ties in with our breakthrough this last four weeks. He says you have to keep the first fruits. As a matter of fact, every first thing you get, even your children belong to me, is what he said. Every first thing that you get belongs to me. If you want the glory, you can have, well, you can have the presence, and it can be wonderful, and it can be good, and you can be blessed. But if you want the glory, it's cost me something. It costs me the things I turn to for comfort because I can't have any other lover. It costs me the things that I turn to for security because I can find no security except in Jesus Christ. It costs me everything that I would ever want out of this life. But I can have the glory of God. I can have the glory of God. Hey, the glory that when Moses came down off that mountain, he was so filled with the glory of God, they couldn't even look at him. They said, you have to hide your face from us, Moses. We can't even look at you, the glory of God. How many of us want the glory of God that when I just walk into a room, the people that are demon-possessed like, oh, I can't even look at you. Can't even look at you. Oh, my God, Pastor Cindy, I just feel so uncomfortable around you. I feel like I have to cry and throw up all at one time. Jesus. The glory that's on us. When Paul walked in his glory, he walked behind his shadow would just heal people. He didn't even have to stop and pray because it didn't have anything to do with him. It had to do with the glory that he carried. He could wipe a little sweat off his brow and send them with a rag. And people would get healed because the glory so permeated. He sweated the glory out. Hey. Whew. <laughs> Jesus. They all had to go in to have the glory. 
I have to be all in to have the glory. He said that was Moses' deal with God. It doesn't go into a lot of detail, but his deal was, who do I need to leave behind? Who needs to stay? Because I'm not going to You tell me which nation, which are the peoples that you're, you're going to take with me where your glory will come. Because I'll leave the rest of them jokers behind. I have to have the, if I don't have your glory, God, I'm not going. If I don't have your glory over street ministry, God, I'm not going. I'm not going with a little presence and a good word and a present. Hey, God, if I don't have your glory, I'm not going. Jesus. And that's what we do in our finances, too. We turn to the golden calf that Israel turned to. We do it not just in our finances, but in every area. We try to make a God that's a little bit more accessible for me. A God who cares about the fact that, you know, God, I just, God, I just really want some money because today I need money because I need, God, I need a new car and I need a new this. I need some clothes and I need all these things, God. I just, I just need some things. Well, why do you need the things? Just for me because you love me. I just need some things. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I need some things, and I need some money to get those things. Thank you, Jesus. How much of our desire for financial breakthrough, and I was, I was praying this week, and I actually woke up from a dream that God had given me, and, uh, and I was praying, and all of a sudden, and I was praying that. I said, God, you know I need a financial breakthrough. Why do you want a financial breakthrough is what he said. And I said, well, you know, because money makes things easier. And he said, you want financial breakthrough for your comfort? I said, oh, well, I guess so. <laughs> Take the mask off. I guess so. <laughs> what should I want a financial breakthrough for, God? Because I want, I want that instead. I will change. What do you want me to have a financial breakthrough for? He said, he said but what about the ministry? And I said, oh. And I began, I began to see all the things that the gospel that's answered for the need of, need of the kingdom of God with our money. And I said, oh, we could use a new van at the church. We could use a new this and a new that. God, we need money to, so we can go out and see more than a few people at street ministry. God, we need money to support all of that. What are all the things that, the, that I can do in the kingdom? Oh, my God. And then I began to pray and I said, God, I need a financial breakthrough so that I can advance the kingdom of God. And do you know that I felt, I felt that prayer, which was right here, and it wasn't getting anywhere. It's like, it's like the whole heaven opened up, and my, pre- my words went straight up to the throne room of God. And I said, God, look and see. Look and see all the things that can be accomplished in the kingdom of God with just a little bit of money. Hey. And then I said, I have a little bit of money. I'm going to take my little bit of money and do something with it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) When we want financial breakthrough, when we want money so that we can feel more secure, it's the same, same spirit that Israel turned to with the golden calf. They wanted a God that they could they could have a little bit more under their thumb, that they could really trust in, that they could really trust in to make them feel a little more secure. Because when times got bad, they could melt that golden calf down and sell him, get some more money. 
Some security is what I want. Jesus, help us. But God is not going to give us a financial breakthrough so that I can find security in any other thing but him. It's not coming. That is not coming for you. When we get the breakthrough that our hearts become so attuned to the heart of God, our hearts become so for the ministry of Jesus that we begin to see the needs around us for ministry. We need to, all the things we need to do and give towards those things before even our own needs and my own household because it's the first fruit before myself, before I take care of my children. Oh, that one's hard. Before I take care of my kids, before I pay my bills, before I buy some food, give. The first, the first, it already, he said it already belongs to me. Give it to me. If you give it to me, you get the glory. Oh, my God. Shalabasata makanda. That's why, it's so, that's why it's always such a struggle for us to talk about money. It's because I'm not, we're not talking about money. I'm talking about my security. I'm talking about my children eating. I'm talking about my family being taken care of. That's why we don't like to talk about money. Because we also know what God said about our money, and that was give it to me anyway. Give it to me anyway. It's all God's when he asks for all of it. But what if he asks for all of it? But the glory visits my home. I'm not going to open up my cupboards to emptiness if the glory is in my home. What if I give all of it, but the glory moves into my checkbook? Hey, what if I give everything, but the glory moves in? There's no lack in glory. There's, no, there's only abundance in glory. So what if it costs me everything? So what if it costs me everything and I can get glory? I can obtain just a little piece of glory. Hey, my God. Hey, Olaboshandalabasate. It happened for the widow woman. Apostle Angie preached it Thursday on the, on the Facebook Live. The widow woman's going about her business. She has nothing. The prophet of God shows up to her. And she knows the prophet's coming. She knows there's got to be some blessing coming. But she says, I don't have nothing. He said, uh, what do you have in your house? But what do you have? I only have my one last meal I'm about to make for my kid. And then we're going to die. He said, that's okay. You give it. You give it. You give it first. Is that real enough for us? You give it first. But the glory visited her house. And she ate, she ate, and she ate, and she ate until the famine was over with. Because she obeyed God and she gave everything. But the, she got the glory. Jesus. Hey. We know God. He, we know He gives to the sower. He give, but He also gives our heart's desire. He gives us all the natural things we want. We know that's in the Bible. 
when we put the kingdom, the ministry, and his glory first. But if even for a minute our heart is after those things instead of the kingdom, the glory, then we don't get those things. We get a little blessing. We get the presence blessing. But I'm not talking about the presence blessing. I'm talking about the, the glory that changes us from broke and addicted to wealthy and set free. I'm talking about the glory that changes us from our old creation to a new creation. I'm talking about glory that moves in to where there's never lack again. Mark 12, 28 says, Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he answered them well, asked Jesus, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, with everything, with everything, with all the understanding, with all the soul, with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus heard his answer, he said something curious. He said, You're not far from the kingdom of God. That's where God's glory lives, is in the kingdom. He said, if you can determine, if you can discern that you have to give everything, that it does cost you everything, that I that you give everything, and I mean everything, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. All your strength. And if something has all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, it's got my money. It's got my time. It's got, it's got my attention and my focus. It has all of me. If you can get that, you're not far. You're not far. Hey, Jesus. Love, he said love God with what? He said love him with all. That's why, because the kingdom of God is his glory. That's why he went on and said, what, the, what is the kingdom of God like? What is the glory like? He said it's like a mustard seed. That you may have the least of all, the least of anyone in here, but if you sow it rightly, it will become the greatest of all and be a provision for many. He said, it's like treasure in a field that when you find it, you sell everything that you have, every single one of your possessions, you get rid of it and give it so that you can obtain the treasure in the field. He said, it's like a net. Many are caught in the allure of it. But not all of them are staying caught. We're going to throw some of them back out. Because some of them won there. For the glory. He said that everyone who is instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out his treasure and has something for everyone because there is no lack in the glory. Hallelujah. Hey, Shanda by Sunday. But we have to get there. We have to get to the glory. We have to get to the glory. That's why we can say, what if he takes everything? What if he takes all my time and I have no time left for my kids or to work a job or to do anything? What if he takes all my time? What if he takes all my money? What if he asks for it all? But I get God's glory. He said all of that to say, 
if you want it, it's not a come up and show up and be blessed sort of thing. It's a seek. It's a seek. It's a go after it with everything in you. It's a go after it until it has cost you everything. It's not a, it's not a, a doodad and a, and a holler and a jump and a shout and a fallout. It's a, it costs me everything. It costs me my friends. It may cost me my family. God, Jesus even said, I may turn you against your family. I may. He said, you may hate your wife over me, ultimately. He said, your children may hate you because of me. But what if I get the glory? Oh, God, what if I get the glory? God, what if we get your glory, Jesus? God, my God, what if? What price was too great to pay that God would kiss us with the glory of his presence? What price would be too great to pay? What offering is too much? What tithe, what request that God would ever put on us is too great for me to have glory operated in my life? Because when that glory moves in, though it costs me everything, though he slay me, still I will follow him because in him is the only place I find life. In him is the only place I find meaning and purpose for my life. Because when I can give everything, but the glory moves in. Hey. When I give everything, God, and the glory moves in, it's worth it. It's worth it. And that's why when we go from that one level up to the next level, it can be some of the hardest things we've ever gone through. It feels like I don't even know how to press through. And it, and it begins to strip us in ways that I didn't even know we could be stripped. It begins to take from me things that I didn't want to give up. It begins to pull out of me stuff that is uncomfortable to deal with and look at. It makes me not want to move any forward. It makes me want to sit in fear and be afraid. But if I can press through that layer of, of, of offensiveness that the enemy is hurling at me to keep me down, if I can press through that, what do I have to lose? What could he strip off? If I come through it with no money, but I enter into the glory. If I come through it and my kids don't want any part of me, but I come through and I press into the glory. Oh my God. If I have no time for anything. If I lose all of my ego and my pride. If I don't even recognize myself when I look in the mirror because I've lost it all. But I can enter it and I get into its glory. Hey. Oh my God, then I have all, I have everything that I could ever want or need or ask for in His glory because He's provided everything in His kingdom. We hope you enjoyed this message from Freedom Ministries. For more information and to stay connected with us, find us on Facebook or the web at Freedom Ministries Crossing.com.